RNZ National Friday Afternoon means time for Critter of the Week, long-running series here on Afternoons, and I'm joined by the CEO of Forest and Bird, Nicola Tuki, star of the show. Hi, Nicola. Afternoon, Jesse. How are you? Very well, thank you. Nice to talk to you again, um, and I'm really excited about this week's Critter. Um, before we get into it, just a reminder to people, get your order in for your Critter of the Week t-shirt, because the deadline is looming looming in fact i had that slight panic this week and hastily rushed around and um clocked up far too much money uh, <laughs> on critter paraphernalia uh it, so that i didn't miss out i think i think it's the 22nd as yeah. i recall yeah all um, it says on our website be... at the moment is there is a cutoff date <laughs> which right. is not very helpful but when you click no. through to joya maybe they've got the actual date no so anyway do it now do it now you may miss out yeah 100 percent. and this year's um designs look absolutely um amazing i'm very excited in fact i'm probably gonna do what i did last year which is um wrap mine and put it under the tree and then like like mr bean be real excited when i open it on christmas day (laughs) (laughs) oh that's i was gonna say it's sad actually it's actually quite sweet my mum does it it's hilarious she's always done it and so uh well it's because mums mums do all the shopping um often yeah uh, yeah. and it's easy for them to get forgotten yeah. on a big day yeah. and, and she does this big thing about oh hang on there's one there for me or oh, two Janice from Janice oh how lovely and then she opens it and is really surprised about a beautiful gift that she got herself I think it's great, it's, it's self care isn't it <laughs> yes okay do it now rnz.co.nz slash jessie there is a link we're talking about an unusual critter bit of a controversial critter i've got to say a little bit controversial uh i, 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 I think for one i'm into it I'm, I'm on the side of this critter but i think we might have got some askance looks by the real scientists this week choosing this critter yeah the critter crew i think i've got I've, i'm gonna have to have a talk uh i'll be called to have a talk to mike dickerson <laughs> i think who, who is in charge of our uh, please our explain wikipedia yeah, it will be. Please explain. I'm sorry, Mike. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so this week's critter, in honour, in honour of Sunday's International Microorganism Day, which I hope you've got plans for that we're all going to celebrate. Indeed, um, indeed. Uh, we are talking about brewer's yeast. Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Brewer's yeast is something you may all be familiar with. It appears in many, many places, uh, and it has for a very long time. Uh, And it is a microorganism uh, that is a fungi that drives bread, wine, beer, um, and we have used it uh, as humans, we have used it to um, fulfil our need for bread, wine and beer for many, many, <laughs> many generations, uh, including here in New Zealand. So um, I decided I would try and tip my hat to uh, Mike and the Wikipedia Critter Crew. Uh, so the I, I thought I might talk about the first beer brewed in New Zealand. Great, um, great. So that occurred on the 1st of April, 1773, by Captain Cook, who brewed a batch of beer on Resolution Island in Dusky Sound mm. using rimu branches and leaves. Uh, and he did that uh, as one of his many, um, many actions he took to prevent 
his crew from getting scurvy. Because huh. uh, he, of course, was very famous for never, never having lost a sailor to scurvy at a time um, when that uh, was a huge risk yeah. and problem uh, for sailors who, do, who A, weren't that inclined to eat their veg um, and fruit. <laughs> like little children, uh, yeah. Had yeah, to, had to hide, they, it, hide it in their gruel. Yeah, well, no, what he did was really inspirational. So I'm a big fan of um, old Captain Cook uh, for his leadership qualities on a number of um, in a number of respects. And one that he did uh, with respect to scurvy, just to, to uh, deviate slightly, was he put um, a whole lot of, um, actually it was called Cook scurvy grass. We've covered it before yes. in Crita many, many yes. years ago. Uh, in a bowl on the captain's table and he said to his crew anyone can come and take from this bowl up here on the captain's table and because it was on the captain's table they got stuck into it um, uh-huh. so he's very clever anyway so I've been to the place where they brewed beer on Resolution Have Island you? in Dusky Sound so yeah. um, they they basically um, used the branches and leaves of trees and when the beverage was sampled Four days later, that feels quite quick for a beer. We, I used to do home brew. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, I'm pretty sure we had to wait a lot longer for our home brew to, to come to fruition. Uh, the um, the onboard staff thought it was, quote, very palatable and observed that most of the crew seemed to drink pretty plentifully of it. No doubt. Uh, I, I, you know, they're down in the bottom of nowhere and it was the only beer they had. So, um uh, I think it's fantastic. So, 19, and just to go back to brewer's yeast. So, uh, in the 19th century, bread bakers got on to getting the yeast from the beer brewers, which is why we call it brewer's yeast, uh, and because they noticed that it, it improved the, the quality and the taste, etc., of their um of their bread. Uh, and if you break down the scientific nomenclature, Saccharomyces means sugar fungus, yeah. essentially. Uh, and Cerevisiae means beer. So it basically means sugar fungus of beer. Um, and yeast comes from an old English word meaning to boil, bubble, or foam. Mm. Uh, and whenever you're thinking about yeast, it is actually probably one of the most studied microorganisms in the world. And part of the reason for that is um, scientists, it's one of those perfect... Uh, species to study uh, in terms of um, reproduction and life cycle, etc., because it can actually um, reproduce within a couple of hours, and you can watch it happening, and you can see how cells divide and all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's it's very well known. Anyway, how did we get hold of this brewer's yeast in order for it to fulfil our lives for bread, beer, and wine making purposes? Um, probably, uh, we think humans first basically domesticated it because. Uh, brewer's yeast is all around us all the time. It, it's not airborne, but it's on like bark of trees and fruit skins mm. and, you know, the skin of fruit, etc. cetera. So um, we think that humans kind of cottoned onto this by scraping it off fruits, uh, grape skins. And it's, we've been basically using it uh, for its ability to ferment. That's why we use it. This is a fermenting superhero for at least 10,000 years which I think is incredible. It is, yeah. Uh, And really in the last kind of um, 100 years or so, basically Britain and the US started mass producing uh, fresh cake yeast for for brewers and bakers. And then in World War II, 
Charles Louis Flashman developed a granulated form of the yeast for the American troops that didn't need to be kept cold and had a longer shelf life, which is probably more of what you see uh, around us these days. So there's some pretty impressive facts about um, yeast. Oh, and, and given that it's not airborne, some species are like queens of um, social wasp species will actually harbour that yeast while they're overwintering and then use it to pass on to their young during spring, which is kind of interesting. It is a single-celled organism. It is a eukaryote, same as us, and that just means that we are single -celled. We are organisms. We're, not, we're multi-celled organisms, but that have a nucleus. And to give you a sense of how tiny yeast cells are, it takes 20 billion yeast cells to weigh one gram. Oh, wow. Um, 20 billion! Yeah, would would this be the smallest critter we've ever featured? Uh, perhaps. I, I suspect a tardigrade is bigger than a yeast uh, cell. So, yes, I'm, I'm going to emphatically say... <laughs> we have... Um, we, yeah, yeah. Always emphatic. Um, I mean, we've had, like, lichens and things which maybe on an individual basis are quite small. Yeah. Yeah, but 20 billion... 20 billion cells in one gram. That's like, that's ridiculous. And the other thing is, um, it has even been into space. So uh, along with other potential uh, microorganisms to test for whether or not they could handle the jandal in space, uh, a sample of living brewer's yeast was included included in the Living Interplanetary Flight Experiment. And the, the plan for that was to complete a three-year interplanetary round trip in a capsule um, that the Russians had tucked into one of their spacecrafts, which was launched in late 2011. Mm. The experiment would have tested this idea that life could survive space travel, right? Since, if, since we seem so determined, she says, looking down the barrel of a really a, just terrifying general election mm -hmm. uh, across the political spectrum. Since we seem so determined to trash our own planet, they, there's this need to know whether living things can exist in space and beyond. And unfortunately, though, the mission ended unsuccessfully when it failed to escape low Earth orbit and the spacecraft fell into the Pacific Ocean in an uncontrolled re-entry, which I think is euphemistic for a big crash, uh, in 2012. So unfortunately, the, the yeast hasn't quite made it out of our atmosphere yet, but they are going to have another go uh, in the future. <laughs> Glad it was just uh, a few yeast on board and not any humans. Well, yes, and I guess the yeast could probably uh, be fine. They can actually live without oxygen, so they'll be okay. And look, you know, the the idea that of what yeast does, if you like, uh, is essentially it draws energy with um, when it's combined with ingredients like flour. It draws energy by fermenting the sugars present and turning them into carbon dioxide, which is where you get all the bubbliness of it. Um, uh, and so, you know, we we could not and and will not exist in as in on this planet without microorganisms. And I suspect for many of us looking uh, towards the end of a very long week uh, to a nice weekend where we might crack open a beer or have a wine and a sandwich, we've probably got a lot to thank Brewers Yeast for as we kick back for the next couple of days. Love it, love it. Um, okay, quick point of order. Dog vomit slime mould, which we um, talked about six <laughs> years ago, maybe the closest when it comes to um, the smallest critter we've ever featured. But I've just looked at the numbers, 
Yeast is four micrometers wide and a slime mold is five micrometers wide. So we are f- officially talking about the smallest yes. critter ever, Nicola. Take a look at it and tell me how do you rate it out of 10 in terms of physical attractiveness? Uh, well, take a look at it through a very strong microscope is what I would say. I love it. I love it. Because I'm I'm a fan. I don't know if this is a thing for you, but I, I don't really like things with hard edges and corners and, and the wee yeast cells are beautiful and round and lovely and look like little little Pokemon troops. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just me that loves it, though. Uh, science, arty scientists have turned beautiful yeast, brewer's yeast, fruiting bodies on the agar plates into uh, amazing art, which I think is lovely. Um, and in the Czech Republic, there's even a statue of a couple of um, brewer's yeast. That's yeah, that's an impressive off. statue. So, and so, what's your rating out of 10? Six. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Have a great weekend. You too, Jesse. Enjoy some products created by Brewer's Yeast on me. Time for Wallace Chapman of the panel.